This episode of The Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by Boulder Nordic Sport, purveyors of select cross-country ski gear. For the finicky athlete looking to round out a ski fleet with hand-selected gems or a beginner seeking advice on starting to skate ski, BNS is a go-to. The folks at BNS have years of experience racing, coaching, and providing race service. They obsess so you can focus on the skiing. As they say, BNS employs their experience to break down technical barriers so that you can enjoy the sport, whether that means skiing in the park with your dog or trying to make the U.S. ski team. You can find more information at bouldernordic.com or their brick and mortar stores in Boulder, Colorado and Portland, Maine. This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to The Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. This is our post-Davos Switzerland wrap-up, where we discuss the skate sprint and the 10 and 15K interval start skate. Buckle up, this was a big ride for Rosie Brennan of the U.S. ski team, who snagged her first career World Cup win on Saturday and followed up with another on Sunday. Sandwiched in between, lots more stuff, and Devin breaks it down. And if that doesn't pique your interest, you get to hear Devin say this about Canada's skier development. In Canada, it was like you have this like long-term athlete development pipeline. And if you're not showing these results at these ages, blah, 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 then there's no way in hell and la, 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 la. Okay, on to the episode. Jason, how's it going? Ah, good, good. You know, it was one of those weekends where, yeah, the race started early in my time. So that was, yeah, two day, Yeah, the first morning was like 4.45. It's no biggie. Like, no, that's normal for Yeah, me. but still early. God, I have kids and that's early. No, no. No, I'm up at like probably four. Oh my God, dude. No, why? no, that's good. But this morning, uh, it'll happen to you too. I know, dad modus. I know, it's going to happen. I'm actually yep. kind of looking, I'm kind of looking, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. I'm kind of looking forward to being able to wake up like wacky early and but feeling like good about it. Like I'm ready. For the day yeah i mean you probably are aware of this because that's your alone time <laughs> it's part of your life like yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so yeah totally that's gonna be also be nice yeah how are things there good yeah things are good Excellent. i actually went for my first nordic ski of the year today a couple hours up in north setter so that was nice Ooh, so yeah. really yeah conditions are great where did you go uh i just like up i started up from north setter and then just kind of cruised around over to like pelistova and i don't know just a big loop up in there but it was is Pelistova. Is there like a a big kind of hotel yeah, there? Yeah, that exactly. Pelistova is the big hotel that's up there. There's a, okay, there's, a gotcha. couple, there's a couple of them up there in Hofiel, but like uh, yeah, Pelistova is one. Do you swing in there for a cappuccino or something? Or you no, just... no, no, I didn't. No, just cruising. I have to forget it's COVID, oh. right? I have to be. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It's open though. It's probably open. I didn't. I didn't bring my mask. So no, but it was. Uh, but uh, yeah, no slowest start to the season ever. Um, for me, I, I've never had my first ski of the year so late in the year, it, probably in my like whole life. So that was, it was nice to get out. How did that, were you skate or classic? Classic. How'd that feel? Uh, any chance? It was amazing. I mean, multi-grade hard wax skiing pff, doesn't get any better, but I'll tell you what also doesn't get any better. Yeah. Rosie Brennan back-to-back winning. Yeah. Pretty That's sick. The news. That's the news. That is and the news. What news. We'll start with the sprint in a second, but... I want to get your initial like impressions watching her skate today up the hill in Davos. Oh, she put on a real clinic today. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it was she. That's 
it's just great, powerful skiing today. And the fact that she won by over 30 seconds is quite the statement. Like that, that's, that's a big, big statement. And I'm sure we'll get into it and stuff, of course. But, but I mean, everyone knows who, who isn't there. But like I said, like I said in the last podcast, you can only beat the people that show up. And I mean, it's not Rosie's, it's not Rosie's fault, Norway, Sweden, and, and Finland decided not to show. And for those that sh- showed up, she didn't just win today. I mean, like she, she put on a serious clinic and you know what? She was fifth in the mini tour in Ruka with all the big guns there. So she is in great shape. And I mean, we'll get into all this here pretty quick, but I was, um, yeah, I mean, I was wildly impressed. I thought she was skiing amazing. You don't win, you don't win any races in Europe, not skiing well. Uh, so, so we shouldn't be too surprised, but, but it was a, it was a well-executed race. The sprint yesterday was wildly exciting. I mean, the fact that she moved through to the final, I mean, her qualification was insane, um, by winning. I know we're jumping around for the listeners, but I think you're used to, you're, you're used to our style already right now. <laughs> well, set some context here. So to, to set it up. Yeah, Davos. Okay, so Davos. Davos is considered high altitude. So if someone growing up in, say, Aspen, Simi Hamilton, uh, we think of you, uh, Noah Hoffman, Haley Swerble, you know, it may not seem high. What makes, why is this, you know, high and why does it ski high? Yeah, I mean, uh, the reality is <clears throat> with the height is, is I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, but for those that but, th- but those that didn't didn't catch it or just whatever there, there's a fist legal limit at 1800 meters so you can't hold world cups above 1800 meters uh, elevation that's the rule and davos the stadium is about 1550 or so or f- 1500 or s- meters or so so it's not that high but it's this in between altitude that's always tricky and you know <laughs> and people struggle with it but uh, but most of the time, the people that struggle with the altitude, it's mostly in the distance race uh, more than the sprint. The sprint is so fast and like so flat, like it's barely any elevation. Uh, and it's very, very, very fast in time. The men are doing it like 210 and the women are like 220 odd. So it's it's crazy fast. Um, so the altitude has n- not much to say in that event. But in the distance race, the 10 and 15K, <clears throat> there's been some pretty epic disasters actually in davos by a lot of the top skiers uh especially scandinavians that that don't have that altitude uh, experience and the reason for that is more to do with the course actually because the course in davos is like straight out of 1967 i mean there's it's the only course like that on the world cup uh super old school and what does old school mean it means you just kind of like have a for if you're for the men the 5k uh, it takes about seven minutes. So for the women, let's say it takes like just under eight minutes of, of like working sections. And <clears throat> there's really no big hills there. There's one steeper hill, but it's really short. I mean, there's like this Z climb that's, that's, but it's, it's so short. I mean, you're up it fast, but because you don't have any rest, you end up working for quite a, quite a long time without getting any pause or like you get like a, six second tuck or something in there uh in a seven minute seven minutes of effort and people just are already struggling they don't know where to find their pace a lot of people open too hard they they're coming right from from sea level up to up to altitude for these races and and there's just been been some and some epic blow-ups and then just some really bad skiing 
because of people not being able to figure out their pace at this kind of like middle altitude. So it, it definitely has a reputation to to chomp through some top names. <laughs> and um, that's that's the reason why. So the sprint. I want to sing a bit of praises for because they're not getting they're not getting a lot of praise um, lately, and but the the American men, the American men in the qualification, like Bolger, Simi, and Schumacher, especially Schumacher and Bolger uh, and, and Simi uh, in Davos. Simi's always good in Davos, uh, at least in the qualification. He's usually good in the rounds. He wasn't this this time around, but but most of the time he is. Um, the the reality is those two guys because Simi's a seasoned athlete. For those that are listening, don't know who Simi Hamilton is. Just Google his name. I mean, he's won a couple races. He's he's a great skate sprinter, and Davos has been kind to him in the past. So so it's not really a big surprise that he that he'd qualify well. Um, but Schoenmacher being able to qualify or maker Schoenmacher. God, that, no, oh, gotcha. So we've got, no, you, you're not alone in that. And I talked to those guys when they were in Ruka. They were like, yeah, the announcer was kind of messing our names up. So there's JC Schoonmaker. Yeah, Schoon, okay. Yeah, okay. Schoonmaker, he qualified in fifth. Yeah, Schoonmaker. Okay. Okay. There's, yep, Gus Schumacher. Schumacher, yeah, that, of course, Gus Schumacher, I know he's world junior champion. So that, I will, I will never forget that. He qualified in 29th. Um, and I think they're like, a week or two apart in age. So I think they're both 20. So those two okay. dudes, Kevin Bolger. Yeah, who, Kevin Bolger, of course, I know him. I know his brother well too. So yep, yeah. qualified in seventh, six four, by the way. So yeah, I know he's a big dude. Uh, but these qualifications, we, we can talk all day. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time. People that follow skiing know the situation. The reality is the top three Americans in the sprint qualification in any sprint make it to the heats. And in the men's field, having putting three guys in the top 30 in a skate sprint is a solid day <laughs> right right there. I think they had, f- yeah, that's that's right. That's right. They qualified, I think five guys qualified. For sure. But but Gus would not make the heats in a normal World Cup like back there in the 20s. It's not going to happen. Anyone sure. in like, anyone from like 20th and back, they're not in, in a normal World Cup. Because the Swedes, the Swedes, Finns and Norwegians are amazing sprinters and um so so you're not you're not making it through but but if you're qualifying in the top 10 you're 100 percent making the heats in that day no matter who shows up um and that that's a huge statement it is because in ruka there was some near misses as we discussed and there's some real talent there in the sprints and I, i i was impressed to see that from the americans of course in the quarterfinals they got pushed around and it just didn't go and but you know what what I always like to say in sprinting is like, <laughs> you got to learn to walk before you can run. And the more chances, the more time you get in the heats, learning how that game is played, the better you'll be. And and for the young guns there that are qualifying in the top 10 like that, I mean, you will have plenty of chances to to figure this out. So it was, uh, I thought it was, it was a really positive step for the, for the American men's program. And, and, and they needed it. They needed it because you saw jumping ahead i mean like in the distance race i mean it was a disappointing day for the american men with a real gift you know mm-hmm. you had you had scott patterson you had scott patterson that salvaged salvaged it but really like but this is how it is in in individual start races so i'm not i'm not taking anything well i'm gonna take something a little bit away from him but not too much i mean he got a ride from uh de fabiani who is on a good day and that ride kind of saved his race and he ended up 16th and again like with 
with the big players in the race. I mean, like if he's top 30, he's got to hang on. Yeah. Yeah. You got to hang on. That's the thing. Yeah. You have to be good enough to hang on. Um, that that's for sure. But, but I'm just saying like 16th in a field like that as your, as your top, I mean, the men, the American men are struggling in distance right now and that's just how it is. Yep. Okay. So I want to ask a question just about, um, experience group skiing, you know, qualification is just, you know, it, it's a time trial essentially. And maybe you have a couple of splits to go off of. You're like, okay, but you're. Yeah, it's mostly just a time trial. It's so fast. Like any splits are just kind of, they're kind of bullshit, honestly. I mean, you're just charging. Yeah, you're charging. But it's a completely different game when you're pack skiing. So oh, yeah. you guys, you know, during your cohort, you guys, you know, there was Lenny, there was you, there was that. I, I keep on saying that guy from Quebec. When is the guy from Quebec coming on our show? Nobody cares anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, no, exactly. Alex Harvey, Alex Harvey, Alex Harvey was a great sprinter, of course. I mean, he's the best. Yeah, and so there's Alex Harvey. Yeah, best Canadian skier of all time. How much work did you guys do pack skiing? And does that matter? Because I know here in the States, you know, they try to, at the junior level, to, you know, incorporate you know, say there's four junior national qualifiers, maybe half of them, maybe three of them will have, you know, sprint heats to try and get kids accustomed to pack skiing and those tactics. Yeah. How much did you do that? That is good. Well, I'm just curious because getting out of the quarterfinals, right? You have to know how to pack ski and be fast. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. And position yourself, but it takes, it's all, it's a, a lot to do with confidence in, in the sprint game. And like, if you're just a little, little off your game, like there's no space, there's just no room in the heats. So if you give a little bit, you're done. Like in the quarterfinals, especially, I mean, like you're, you're done. Like you cannot give any space and you have to ski with a bit sharper elbows. And I mean, um, Americans and Canadians learn to ski too nicely and that's good because it's it's good to be a good dude and a good guy and 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 be respectful but you know you can you can have all the heat practice you want against other canadians or other americans but but the reality is there's not there's not the depth in canada there's not the depth in the u.s either so coming from the u.s maybe you've skied a lot of heats on the super tour like you said you did at junior nationals and that sort of thing but don't kid yourselves like you know your competitors like the back of your hand there's no surprises so you know where they're strong, you know where they're weak, and you probably know them fairly well as well as people. So, you know, to play, I don't want to say dirty because you don't want to play dirty. That's how you get DQ'd. But but to play tight, to play a really tight heat and like not give an inch, if you start doing that in the U.S., first of all, you don't need to if you're as good as the guys we saw this weekend because they're just, they're in the U.S., they're just always in the final right. and, and skiing right. away from people. Right. Logan Hanneman too. Can we talk about Logan being top 10? That was amazing. But yeah, absolutely. Um, th- so that was great to see him get into the semis. And that's the experience that you can get. I mean, him t- for him to be ninth and he's a fast guy, just like his brother was as well. Reese, uh, they're, they're, they're quick dudes and, but they need, but they need that experience. And it was cool to see him ski into the top 10 and get that, get that gift. It's, it's great to get a gift and ski into a semifinal on a weaker field just to learn how it goes and learn how your body is and learn how the guys ski it. So it's cool to see. But yeah, go, coming back to the heat stuff, I mean, the hard thing with Canada and the US is you just don't have the depth. So really, the reason why it's tight in the quarterfinals in the World Cup is because all those guys are really, really good and space is at a premium and you're just not used to skiing like that back home. Because if you're if you're good, you're good, and you can ski away from people easy. 
Well, speaking of good, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but uh, Andrew Young obviously caught my eye. Oh, yeah, it was uh, awesome to see. Yep. I mean, he would, he mentioned to me, I spoke to him yesterday. He's like, yeah, I lucked out in that first quarter where there was a spill and he got around it. But he tagged on, you know, he's right behind a nanosecond behind Bolshinov and Pellegrino in the first uh, semi. And and there's another Brit in that first semi. And, yeah, Cognate, that was awesome too. Yeah, and uh, and he makes it and he podiums. And, yeah. and it's his first podium in five years, which is which is something to be celebrated. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, since 2015. Yep. Totally. And the guys that, the guys that beat him are, are good. Like, they're good skiers, you know? Like, no, there's not Claybo and, and, you know, the boys, but but like Pellegrino is a great skate sprinter, <laughs> you know? So Yeah, when you look at the men's final, what does that say to you? I, I, I thought about this a little bit yesterday, but look at the names in that, uh, in the final. I mean, Valerio... Uh, Grand. Yeah, Grand was awesome. First year senior, that's so fun for him. And of course, like in a normal World Cup, like I, he qualified fourth. So he, he again, he would have been in the heats, but there's no way he's making the final in a normal World Cup. That's that's obvious. Everyone knows that. But you know what? You can't, again, you can't make excuses for the people that don't show up. So you know why he did. His first World Cup ends in him skiing into the finals, which is awesome. And what I noticed, what I noticed in the finals for the men, was that that you saw the distance the distance between each skier like that's the sign of a weak field <laughs> that's the sign of a weak field it is especially in davos i mean you see it sometimes you've seen it once in a while i mean like uh you you have had guys like petrukov has just destroyed davos before like crushing all of us and skiing in alone but it's pretty rare and and there was some big gaps and and bolshinov is a great sprinter he's a great skier he won the overall globe last year um but him to be second in a short skate sprint like that no chance in hell so i mean but again like what are you gonna do the race is the race and if you're one two three uh whether you're best of the rest or or not it doesn't matter for the people that show up, there's a lot of good skiers. Like Gleb Retivik is a great skate sprinter. He's in the final, and Andrew Young skis away from him. So he, it's a podium. It's a World Cup podium. And like we talked about, when he's a grandfather and there's the stat sheets and stuff, like it's just no one's going to remember. Well, you'll remember yourself, but no one else will really remember what the, the political situation was uh, to lead to the decisions that not political, I should say. Um, sorry, my God, that, that, was, that was wrong. Uh, the COVID situation. I mean, we'll all remember this pandemic, of course, but the but the nitty gritty like that, you, you, you just can't. There's, it's not for the athletes to start making excuses and say sorry uh, and, and devalue the great races they did. So awesome race by Young to be back on the podium. Great for Great Britain to have two in the top 10 in the men's and um, just a just a stellar day. OK, let's uh, check out the women's side and tell me. Um, yeah, let's do the same thing when you look at the women's final. And we can get into the you know the heats and the semi, but I'm just curious when you look at those names, Neprieva, uh, Brennan, Lampich, uh, Fadendrich, Caldwell, Hamilton. These are heavy hitters, and and I think that was all the more exciting for Rosie because if you if you look at the names you just mentioned, like Neprieva is one of the best skiers in the world, hands down. Lampich, recall Lampich was in the hunt. Like Lampich could have won the sprint globe easily had those last two sprints not been canceled in the World Cup last year. She was right in that hunt with um, Lynn Svon that ended up taking home the globe. So Lampich is no slouch. And an amazing final by Rosie Dig to just, she's fitter. I mean, in the semis, she got into the final as a lucky loser. 
And honestly, I didn't think she looked that great in her semi. And I was like, man, this is weird. She won the qualification and her quarterfinals looked like peaches. It was so easy. And, and now in the, now in the semi, like I, I was a little bit like, whoa, that, that wasn't the best heat I've ever seen her ski. Um, today that day <laughs> but but then in the final she just took charge and she just she was just fitter she'd recovered better like you said the way she's skiing so powerfully really crisp no chance say good night and it comes she comes away with a win a world cup win and then a skate sprint win on a short course which is just bonkos when you think back of of rosie's whole arc of her career who would have thought that her first world cup podium Again, I know I'll get hate mail, but like, I know she was third on time of day in Ruka, but podium where you're standing there with the photo and everything today was her first one. And, and she was, she ends up being first no, yesterday was her first one, sorry, in the sprint and she wins and she wins the whole thing. No one would have guessed like when she won the qualification again, against those big names, like you mentioned, like Sophie Caldwell is a big name of sprinting too. I mean, it's no surprise that Sophie Caldwell's in the, in the final in Davos. I mean no surprise whatsoever the surprise is that that rosie just guts it out and just takes the sprint right out of sophie caldwell sophie caldwell's not even a factor of that thing because rosie's blown the legs off her and and uh i was just i was watching following along with like my mouth agape i was like wow this is this is a real clinic and you don't see heat skied like that in the finals so often where people are just like yeah, right from the word go, like, see you later. And and it ends up with Rosie Brennan winning a World Cup. And no, it's not a 10K classic or a, or a 10K skate individual start. It's a skate sprint on a short, fast course. So what a what a celebration. I mean, the, and the women, that we talked about the men putting a lot of men in the heats, um, but the women also uh, put a lot of women in the heats. And, and there was some disappointments. Like, Sophie being in the final, awesome stuff. Fifth, that I mean, it's a solid, solid result, but that course suits her really well, right? Like, I mean, I would have expected Sophie to be, ah, hell, when you're in the final, you're in the final. So it was great. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, though, of course. I mean, Jeff, Jesse had a tough weekend all around. Je Jesse's just not in shape right now compared to what she she used to be, y usually is, sorry, uh, in a 10K skate and skate sprint on a short course like that. And, and that's fine because I think Jesse has her sights set on the on the world championships. And I don't, I don't think any, I don't think it's going to affect Jesse. I'm not worried that Jesse's going to get to Oberstdorf in shape. She will. When you say, when we talk about, you know, in shape, right. And shape variability and clearly I'm, my wife is like, just came back from skiing and she has a pack of gummy bears for me. I've been jonesing for gummy bears. I'm opening my nice. window. Awesome. Dude. Yeah. Sorry. There you go. There you go. That's the sound of a happy man. Dude, she's a really nice person. She knows I've been up since 2 a.m. Anyway, nice. Sorry. Do you have Haribo, right? Where are they oh, from? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think are they're Austrian, aren't they? Or, uh, I, think, I, I forget. I, I, guess they're, I guess they're Austrian or German. I just got a bag of the Star Mix. Nice. So it's like a potpourri of gummy Perfect. animals, worms, rings, and bears. I won't tell your dentist. I won't tell your dentist. No, my teeth are good. Okay. All right. Okay, perfect. So... When we talk about shape variability, uh, they probably don't eat a ton of gummy bears. However, are we talking like, talk about a percent? Because, you know, I'm thinking like Rosie was quite strong last year in period one and she faded oh, yeah. a bit, right? 
But when when you're just eking out a bit, but she had a great season all around. But anyway, yeah, she did have a good season. And Jesse obviously is Jesse. When you're when you're detuned or tuned, you know, go back to this like Ferrari kind of thing. Think about in your own experience, like how much of a percent were you down or up? Oh, for sure, I was a slow starter. Well, I'm just curious, like when you say someone's, I was I was a slower starter in period one. I mean, I've been top fives and stuff in period one in my career, but I'm not sure I have a podium in period one on the World Cup. But when you're looking at your data, what percent difference may that be? Uh, it's not much, you know, it's it's really not much, but I'm carrying a way higher load. And I think that's probably what Jesse's also carrying. Like, we well, just never know what people are doing for training coming right. into the season. Right. And if you're carrying a little bit higher of a load, um, as far as like hours in the body or, or hard strength or like, like there's so many factors, there's so many variables that can affect this. But um, if you're carrying a high load into the season, I mean, like, you're not going to be at your tip top shape. You're just not going to be. And, and Diggins, I mean, that's obvious. I mean, you saw that in the sprint, like you're not used to seeing Diggins sprint like that in Davos. At least I'm not, she didn't look that great in her, in her quarterfinal and she got bounced. And, and again, like today, today in the, today in the 10 K, uh, yeah, I know she was seventh on the results sheet, but let's say that's 15th at, at best, uh, in the, in, in, in the Ruka, let's say with the full field. And I mean, like Jesse Diggins on a course that suits her like that. She was on the podium in the 10 K last year in Davos. She's great in Davos, uh, or any 10 K skate. Jesse Diggins is like super boss. And today she just, she just had an off day again. So she, yeah, she, I think she's, but I, like, I'm not worried whatsoever. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's done this every time cork they got a great team. Uh, I mean, Jesse's going to be ready when she wants to be. And when she wants to be is the championship. So, I mean, there's anyone that's a Diggins fan should not be, should not be worried whatsoever uh, with some, you know, a tougher start to the season compared to what people are used to. Any other thing, anything of note, um, from, from the women's, uh, sprint? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing of note was like just seeing how Rosie, you know, maybe it was a tactical thing or something. She looked like she almost tightened up on that last hill, though, to me. But again, obviously, she didn't. She went to the final and just demoed. Um, so, yeah, th- there's not much else to say other than, like, Rosie Brennan is a World Cup winner. And in, in such great style, it's was awesome to watch. And she's crazy fit and the fact that her first win comes in a skate sprint i never would have put money on that ever in a million years and she's 32 years old and i really want to i really want to dig into that once we get through the, the for the distance races it's like you hear a lot of stuff i mean rosie oh, let's just get into it right away rosie brennan has been kicked off the u.s team not just once in her career and climbed back on but like multiple times in her career has she been kicked off the u.s team and, and and you know what and and you know what we can we can argue about whether it was fair or this that and the other but the reality is she just wasn't putting up the results and and the U.S. team's qualification it's changed of course like the the uh, selection criteria changes but but let's say top mm-hmm. fifty in the overall World Cup standings is not a high bar it's not you know really if you're winning World Cups if you're that good now you know what I mean um, but the reality is Rosie has persevered. She's tenacious. Yeah, she was very sick in there too. She had mono. And she was she was incredibly sick. She's de- dealt with some like family tragedy. It's it's been a tough go. Her first top 10, Jason, individual top 10, 2018 in Davos, she was sick. Oh yeah, that's right. In the 2018 right. in the 2018-19 season, she finishes 
she finishes sixth, okay? At the age of 30. She's 32 now, and that's her first ever top 10. I, I hear so much out of out of North America, mostly Canada, though. It's not as bad in, in, uh, in the US, but like in Canada, it was like you have this like long-term athlete development pipeline, and if you're not showing these results at these ages, blah, 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 then there's no way in hell, and la, 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 la. Yeah, so if you look at Rosie... A top 10, we're saying no top 10s, never ever top 10 in an individual race before 2018 at the age of 30. She's, she's like, we, we are, lo we lose athletes like that. And the, and, and the wins, the celebrations the Americans have, and we all have like the joy we feel when, when we watch someone win like Rosie and the way she did it just by stomping. You can't forget that these things happen. And, and hats off to Rosie because it is really hard to swim upstream like that. Really, really difficult. And not just the financial stuff. And it's also like, because that's a huge thing too. I mean, God, like you can't even race. Um, but it's more like Rosie and people like Rosie to, to believe in herself and, and really put it all out there like that to get your first top 10 when you're 30 and then your first win at 32 and your first podium at 32 years of age. This is an incredible, ins incredibly inspiring history. And I hope the younger athletes that like watch that and watch this this weekend, look at that and be like, you know what? If you really, really want it. I mean, you have to have some talent. I mean, Rosie was like all over the podium in, at na US Nationals forever. You know, she's not coming out of the woodwork. You know, Rosie Brennan is a name that Americans skiers know, but internationally, top 10 is the standard. It is. And if you can't get in the top 10, it's tough. And Rosie, man, yeah, I, I just, I was, I was really moved by the way, and the way she skied today by just crushing the competition. Who cares who shows up? That was a fantastic race, no matter Therese is in the field and, and Kala's in shape and, and Eb Anderson, Frida Carlson. It doesn't matter. Rosie had a fantastic career day today, no matter what. And I think it was so cool to see see that she backed up a great sprint with a race that was the best race of her career as far as uh, as far as i've seen and and uh yeah couldn't have happened to a more tenacious tough driven athlete and uh good things come to those who wait and she's had to go through a lot of challenge to get there and i think it's so cool that it happened so i hope yeah i'm repeating myself but i hope younger athletes that feel like they're left out or like they're they're kind of getting the shaft and this sort of this that and the other it's like you know what at the end of the day it's up to you to make it happen or not and Rosie's a good example of that where she's, you know, she's gone through a lot of tough times, but she just like gritted her teeth, wanted it bad, worked hard and had a great support staff around her. I mean, I know we always like to sing praises when, when things go well, but I, I don't think we can argue that Eric Flora at APU <laughs> isn't good at training women. Like at what point, I mean, like Keegan Randall was the best, Keegan Randall was the best skate sprinter in the world for a number of years. Sadie Bjornsson is an amazing skier, like unbelievably huge talent and amazingly well, good skier. And Rosie Brennan has been training up Holly Brooks. I mean, Holly Brooks is amazing, especially in the 10K skate we witnessed today. So, and now Rosie Brennan at the age of 32. So, you know what? We got to tip our hats to to all those women and especially Rosie, but I'm, I'm tipping my hat just a little bit like a sneak tip. You know what I mean? Cause it's never the coach. It's, it's, it's always the athlete at the end of the day, the athlete has to make it happen. And if you ever meet a coach that says like, I'm the Messiah run, 
run for the hills because he's full of shit or she's full of shit. I'm nodding. But Eric Flores program. Eric Eric Flores program. We have to we have to tip our hats to after today. That was amazing. What are your thoughts on, you know, Rosie was on the US ski team, she was cut from the US ski team and back on the US ski team. And what are your thoughts about, you know, identifying when in fact an athlete is done and when they have time to improve? Uh, I guess what I'm saying is your thoughts on maybe the US ski team making a mistake on Rosie in the past. Making a mistake about someone like Rosie is like, you know what, maybe that challenge Maybe those battles, th- those soul-searching moments that she had to really look herself in the mirror and go like, God, am I, am I going to go all in like this? Am I really going to do this? That fire, maybe that's what leads to the wins too. So, so it's kind of like, you know, we all have chips on our shoulder and go like, but maybe that chip sometimes is, is and at the end of the day, the best part about these discussions is it doesn't matter because she's back-to-back World Cup winner that the, the American team's got so much Gruyere they don't know what to do with. And she, at 32, goes from no World Cup podiums to two, and they're both wins. So, I mean, and, and one of the wins comes with the best race of your entire life at 32. So, so, so I mean, really, missing or not, at the end of the day, she really made it rain. Yeah, and I, you know what? In the, so. Mar- in the Norwegian team, too, you have a guy like Odbjörn Yelmaset. If you go back through all his results and his his chances that he got in the World Cup, they were so far and few between till the till the age of thir- 28. Because you have to remember, he was on the heels of like Bjorn Dolly and Erling Yevna and Thomas Allsgaard and all these like, Vegard Allvang even. I mean, Helmuset's old. And he didn't get any of these chances. He wasn't good enough. He just couldn't break into the team. And, and yet, in 2007, the guy wins the 50K in, in Sapporo and goes on to be like win World Cups, win home and colon. I mean, like he, but later in his career. So, you know, it's like, did you miss, did people miss Helmaset? I, maybe, maybe not. But at the end of the day, who cares? Because they, they persevered and they toughed it out and they believed in themselves and they made it rain. They made it happen. And, and I think, I think like we also have to be a bit careful with that. But I, but I do think. When you've been kicked off a team, it shows a lot of grit to not just fight your way back onto the team and be like kind of satisfied that you got back on. But again, Rosie Brennan has no top 10s prior to 2018 individually in the distance races. And now all of a sudden, like she's fifth in the mini tour in Ruka and wins here. This is an amazingly inspiring story. And you know who else is an amazing, inspiring story? On the on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, Haley Swerble is a is a World Cup medalist in a distance race, and not just any distance race, a 10K skate individual start. Like, talk about a banner day for the American program. But not just that. I mean, I think it's so cool on two opposite ends of the spectrum. Rosie is like the epitome of grit and determination and toughness. And Haley Swerble just comes in and makes a statement with like smack. I'm I'm in I'm on the podium in in the race of truth in cross country skiing, and I mean, who would have thought that Haley Swerble beats someone like Jesse Diggins or Teresa Stadlober or or Nepreva in a 10k skate in a 10k skate? Never. No one. Not, no, yeah, no, I was. Yeah. Right. I kept on looking at the live timing being like, oh, you know, sometimes it's wonky. I was like, whoa, she's, I mean, I know she can ski up there, but obviously, you know, she's way in the sharp end. No, 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 but you know what? No, you can't, you know, and it, it, that's nice of you to say that because you're a nice guy and you say that, but that's, I didn't believe that. 
I mean, I started under 23s last year. She's she skis well. She skis super well. But I mean, I was watching the race and she was skiing well uh, today as well. Uh, obviously, you don't podium without skiing well. But but I I never in my wildest dreams thought that she could put together a race in skating like this so early in her career. So this was this was so inspiring. No, it's just so inspiring. It was an inspiring performance, and the future is bright. Uh, but one of the things that I, 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 and I told her this this morning, I really enjoy watching her ski because she's very understated. She's not, there doesn't appear to be anything flashy. There does not appear to be the sense of like, hey, look at me, drawing attention to me. It's just sort of going out and skiing. And she's very smooth to me. I mean, she's a taller skier, right? Yeah, no, but she's, she's not, super smooth. Yeah. Yeah, very smooth. And so there, and I, I'm just curious, like, is there something that belies the way she skis that makes one think like, oh, yeah, no. Like, isn't, you know, firing the high tempo, you know, uh, she's clearly generating power, but it's more subtle. And, you know, is there something about the way that she skis that makes us think, well, yeah, top 20. But not podium. I'm just, yeah. Thomas Allsgard for the old people listening to this. I mean, you go back and see some of his skiing. He, he looks like he's out for a Sunday cruise and he just crushes everybody. Yeah, so there's yeah. just some people that have that have that ability. Alex too, you know. Alex in a lot of individual start races and skating, especially when he's really on, he can look really flowy and really like skis really beautifully. And and Haley, you're right. She does have that. She does have that um, char- characteristic as well. I, I totally agree. But top 20 i mean her first world cup was a year ago mm-hmm. and you know i was like i said i was at world juniors and under 23s the last couple of years working with the canadians um and like yeah i mean she's solid <laughs> she's not skiing bad like she, she puts together like good races for sure really good but world cup podium beating some pretty big names in a 10 in a 10k skate when you're alone that's something else entirely. <laughs> so, so Rosie Brennan, of course, like you, you can't say enough good things. It's, you win, you won back to back races internationally. If you win back to back OPA cups, it's a great day. It's a it's a great weekend for for a Canadian or, or American. And she did it on the World Cup, so amazing. But Haley Swerble, I mean, again, if you're third in that, if you're third in that race, like yeah, would she have been top ten in a normal World Cup? I, I don't know, but let's look at the. So this is, all, but you know, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't but matter. Say, but here, I would say, I would say, it's it, it'd be tough. But the fact of the matter is, she's like top twelve. Well, but she. So I, I, you know, I help write up these stories, and so I'm always obviously looking at like, okay, going into the fist database, filtering out this that top thirty. Uh, she came in twenty first last year in this race. Yeah, no, no, she's good at Davos. She's good at altitude. That's stout. Yeah, that's super stout. And the fact of the matter is, again, like I've said over and over, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what could have been. She is a World Cup podium. And the way she did it was skiing beautifully. And she took the names of big time skaters. And she put them in her place in their, I mean, Nepreyev is a very good all-around skier, as is Diggins. But but these these women are very very competent in 10k skates, and she she took them out. And she's young, and she's exciting. To, it, it, the U.S. ski team just is like a from the women's side of things. It's just so exciting to see the development pipeline paying dividends. And I hope for the men we see that too, because you got guys like Gus Schumacher. I mean, the guy's world junior champ. He's a total total distance beast. Like he will get there. If he wants it, he'll get there. He's good enough. You need talent, and he has it. Luke Jagger, like you got a lot of guys that are like really good yeah, in the pipeline. Deep. 
And if you want it, those guys have shown they are good enough. You just got to have that grit and you got to, you got to really want it. And you have to have good, you have to have good people around you, but the U S team has that. So it'd be exciting. And then on the men's side, jumping over to the men's side. Yeah. Men's side, 15 K. Yep. Yeah. You know what? It was Russia one, two, three, four. And if anyone was surprised, they haven't been following men's skiing. Like we've talked about, it's been Russia versus Norway for the last year and a half for two years actually and so there's no surprises whatsoever Bolshinov of course I mean like you look at the field like Bolshinov's gonna win um I saw no surprises whatsoever uh, I guess I was a little surprised that like Musgrave had a solid day in six but I thought he'd be better um Manifica doesn't seem to be in great shape how old is he right now do you know uh he's usually just so good he's not that old though I think he's the same age as Alex okay. I think he's born in 88 so you know he's 32 he's the same age as Rosie and and he's he is uh, Davos has been kind to him in the past and 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 he's he's a great skater and especially on that kind of old school course and and yet like you know what didn't look good and didn't ski all that fast and aside from that honestly I just didn't see anything else that really jumped out to me in the 10k ski I thought the 10k skate for men without the heavy hitters there 15k I mean, 15k 15k sorry god no, okay. 15k I'm just so like I'm just so stuck on the women's field because it was just such a great great event and comparatively in the men's the men's the men's 15k my bad it's just like it was the Russian it was a Russian show which you knew it was going to be and no one else stepped up so where, where do you put Bolshinov's 32 second gap do is that something oh yeah that's that, that, yeah yeah that's a win or or yeah that, that I mean that was that's the same with that's the same with Rosie too like Rosie didn't mm -hmm. just win by seven seconds Rosie won by 30 seconds. Like, no matter who shows up, that's a fantastic day. That is a fantastic day, no matter who's in the field. And Bolshinov, too, winning by that amount. And it was 32 minutes and change, uh, which is with conditions were obviously really fast today to have the times down like that. And, uh, you know, like, Bolshinov's going to be right up there no matter who shows up. I mean, you know, you can bring, you can bring like Osgard back from the old days and put him in there. I mean, like, Bolshinov's going to be a boss uh, with a, comp with a, with a race like that and and before we before we cut out completely rosie brandon has the yellow bib usa get stoked the yellow bib rosie brennan has the world cup leader bib going into christmas this is awesome and a humongous accomplishment even even cooler it makes the story even cooler drop from the u.s team this that and the other and now like back-to-back -back wins takes the yellow bib into Christmas. Awesome. I mean, you have, you have Dresden next weekend, but still. <laughs> so let me ask this, okay. Um, what's your sense about, and you did mention this in the last podcast, and I think we're all in agreement, okay? And I don't need to qualify this. Like when someone's health, when someone is making a decision, whether it's the National Ski Federation or it's the athlete themselves making an independent decision, kind of like Claybo, Vang, and Everson did before the whole ski team pulled out, you can't, I mean, frankly, I don't feel like it's our place to question their motives. It's their health. They can do whatever they want. That's how I look at it. One, 150%. Okay. Well, here's my question. Here's my question. There were a lot of known knowns going into this, right? There's COVID. There was a relatively, I mean, I feel like, you know, I looked at the template of safety measures. It, it, we don't always know how it's going to play out on the ground. But, you know, FIS worked out a template of safety measures that all these teams are signing off on, including Norway. Yeah, I'm just like, what have you maybe heard in the last week or, yeah. <laughs> 
like like what i'd say but here's where i get like really my back and i was like boo-hoo because what is the problem why is everybody moaning economics cash Oh, like I'm going. I think it's safe. Why aren't you going? Oh, you're this is dis- you're disrespecting the sport. You're killing the sport. It's a pandemic. It's it's it, like shut up. It's a pandemic. The last time we had a pa- world pandemic like this was like during World War One in 1918. Like stop it. Like like just everyone stop it. If people don't feel safe. Don't try and like come up with a bunch of conspiracy theories like you're all a bunch of Donald Trumps. Like, shut up. Support the athletes that they don't feel comfortable. And and go like, but you know, Fish is doing a good job or they are doing it. They're trying their best. It's a pandemic. If people don't feel comfortable with it, leave it at that. Let let it let it be. Let it be. And if it's quote unquote killing the sport for right now, well, then you know what? The sport wasn't strong enough on its own then. And you know what? Sorry. Maybe cross-country skiing is just not that exciting. <laughs> like if, if that's if that's all if that's all it's going to take to knock it over then you know what we don't have a good enough product and that and then fist has to do something about that too because if that's all it takes to just like totally demo the whole international scheme well you know what maybe it could be used for a shake-up anyway i i just like i just like that the, the health think there yeah, could but, be a but shake the, up, health, right? uh, the health of the athletes whether real in your mind sitting in the u.s on your couch yelling at a tv or on the ground it it means very little the fact of the matter is each individual has to take the responsibility for their own health and safety and like i feel pretty safe like sitting here in lillehammer and like life's pretty good or whatever but that's me if, if there's there is people in every country around the world not every country uh, for sure every country i mean geez but there's a lot of people that are really freaked out and whether it's real or imagined, everyone is entitled to their own right. reality. Well, yeah, that can get you in trouble too. Look at look at what's happening here. No, no, entitled in your own <laughs> house. <laughs> but 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 I just mean like I am sick and tired of hearing of all these like conspiracy theories, this, that, and the other. I'm not just supporting Norway. Or I'm not just supporting Sweden or or Finland. Like I really don't care. I just think like get your head out from the sand look around the world and you tell me what's happening because this has never happened in my life i, I promise you that oh yeah you, you, it hasn't yeah, happened it, it hasn't me. it hasn't happened it has not it hasn't it has not happened in my parents life you know that are in their late 60s so when you sit around watching tv and going like oh the norwegians think it is good enough oh. be honest with yourself it is a global pandemic. And if you have to move venues every single week, because that's the schedule, and some people just don't feel good about it, whether that threat it seems like nothing to you, let's respect everybody's choices to take care of their health and safety. This is just, this is just like, I feel like, I almost feel like I get like really pissed because like, why is this a discussion? Just shut up and support people's decisions in a pandemic and the discussion. Are you up above the garage? I want to play musical metals. Is the metal box right in front of you? Yeah, I know it still is. I, I should just take a picture and. and uh, Can you it. open it up? I didn't. I didn't close your eyes. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, it's the same one, man. I haven't. I haven't moved it around since the last time. But I'll, I'm going to take a picture, and you can put it in like the show notes or something. Yeah. There How many go. medals are in that? Uh, up, up that I took out of the box is just one. Yeah, I want you to put your hand in, close your eyes, and find another one for us. 
Okay, well, let's see. I'll do that. Hang on. Let me just send this to you first. The humble metal box. Um, then I gotta move. I, I gotta, yeah, I gotta move. I got a little rolly, rolly chair. I gotta take some paper off the way here. There we go. Yeah, it's, uh, it is. The next, the next one, the next one's a bronze from Sapporo. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Fun. Yeah. Well, I think we covered it. Yeah, thanks a lot. And and big, big, big congratulations to the U.S. ski team. Awesome stuff. And for the young guns in the U.S., the future's bright. After seeing those sprints, those sprint qualifications, if you just keep throwing down qualifications like that, you're going to be right up there. Simi Hamilton, dust yourself off, man. Dresden's coming. Yeah, it's I'm a fast sprint. It's good for you, too. It's going to be fun to... It's going to be fun to watch the American men and the American women are just like on cloud nine as they should be. And it's going to be fun to watch them do battle next week in, in Germany. And for those that are curious, if those that are curious about like what's going on, just Google Germany COVID and you can read. Dude. And how about listening to, and how about like those that are saying like Norway's being a bunch of sallies and stuff, not going to the world cup, blah, blah, blah. Like just, just, just listen to what uh, Angela Merkel has to say about the situation in Germany and think that the yeah, world it's not good right now. And, and think that the world cup is moving from a relatively safe place in, in Davos, Switzerland to Dresden, Dresden, Germany. And then, you know what, then you can just fill my inbox with a bunch of hate mail. I don't care. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, just the word Dresden sounds right resonates with World War Two. Yeah, gloom. So let's hope everything goes well. I cross my fingers yep, for all the for sure. All the teams are doing the best thing they can. They're doing a good job. I'm enjoying following along, and yeah, we'll 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 break it all down next weekend. Thanks for listening. Please send your questions to Jason at FasterSkier.com and Devin at FasterSkier.com, and be careful out there.